Jake's Bite podcast number 35, the new Monday night time slot on whatever channel you happen to be listening to it on. What's going on, Vort? Same old, same old. I'm glad we got our schedule synced up and they're back to doing this on a regular schedule. Hell yeah. Even though this is a little bit of a quiet time on a, in the Jets universe, I did think of a topic that I want to discuss this week. Uh, I'm going to go first to give you a minute to think about yeah, it. Go ahead. But the yeah. thing that I wanted to throw out, with all the talk being centered about the number two pick and our new franchise quarterback, quarterback that's going to end up being, justifiable talk. That's where all the excitement is. But let's not forget, we also have a pick late in the first round. And, uh, oh, my God. And we also have a second round pick to talk about. I believe those two draft picks are, I don't want to overplay it. It's not exactly a franchise quarterback. But I think we should be aiming for two guys who are going to be starters from day one. So what I wanted to ask you is what positions you would like to see Jets address. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm going to, I swear on my children's lives that that's exactly the, the question I was going to bring up. We've done enough talking <laughs> about the number two. Let's talk about the 23. And I mean, we could talk about the 34 also, but I was going to say, let's talk about the 23 because there's a lot of directions people have them going. That is so freaking funny. Holy crap. Okay, well, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually prepared to answer that question. So, Well, so, so much for stomping you and the rambling on. I go know. ahead. Hit me oh with it. You God, go first. That is too funny. Um, I, I will say this. Uh what I want and what I think they're going to do are two different things, okay? I would love to see them get a running back there, even though I, I, I am not big on running backs that early, but I think there's a couple out there, and I think the Jets can use one. Um, I, for whatever reason, as as important as they are, the, the constant cornerback talk has me bored. I am completely bored with the thought of a cornerback, even though I know it's probably the right move. They need a corner, all of that stuff. So I would love to see a running back there. I would also love to see a, a monster offensive lineman in, in one or both of those one or both of those slots. I think those are the only the only real directions they go. I don't think they're going to they could I guess they could pick up a receiver, but I think what they're going to do is definitely get a lineman there. I would like to see Creed Humphrey if not at 23 then certainly 34 if he makes it there. Uh, maybe one of the big linemen will fall to them at 23, you never know. So I think they're going lineman lineman or a corner lineman or or maybe lineman corner. Uh, I don't think they go offensive skill position there. I think they save that for a little bit later. How about yourself? Well, first I'm going to pick my jaw up off the floor. The fact that I heard you say a running back is... I know, I know. That, that's probably the most shocking bit. Of, that's the last position outside of a kick or punt I would have expected you to go, especially with you making your stance known that you are not a big fan of drafting running backs early. You, uh, you've held that stance, and you kind of got me to change my stance with the whole Saquon Barkley conversation from a week ago uh, that you can get a running back later in the draft. So, I, the, I, so I, the fact I, that I, you want this completely <laughs> shocked me. Yeah, I know, but that's just the sexy pick because I, I want big offensive players. I mean, I'm falling into that trap a little bit. I'm really, you know... Like theoretically, I don't want that, but I'm falling into that trap a little bit because a guy like like Najee Harris is huge. He's like a Derrick Henry type, you know what I mean? And that's and I kind of like that idea. I know they're not going that direction. I know it's not the right thing, but kind of from the you know from the sexy standpoint, I would love to have a couple of big offensive players. But you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. So okay, now that your jaws up off the floor, go ahead. Continue. Now comes the funny part. The we're back from the hour arguing different points, and we're back to our bromance <laughs> because what we want and what we think we're gonna go is very very similar before the free agency period started if you ask me what i want the jets to do with the 
the second pick in the first round and the second round pick, I would have said I want to try to get a, a wide receiver. Obviously, at that point, you might not get a super stud, but you can still get a viable first-day starter. That's what I wanted. That's off the table once we signed Corey Davis. But like you, in the, in the perfect world, I was craving that sexy playmaking position, that offensive weapon to give our quarterback. In reality, Joe Douglas and what I envisioned the Jets doing, I believe one of those picks is going to be and has to be an offensive lineman. Let's let's continue to build that wall that's going to protect our new franchise quarterback. And the second pick, I believe if you can identify a defensive backfield guy who can start on day one, preferably a cornerback, that's the way we're going to do. My dark horse is the Jets will resume a search for a starting tight end. And if they identify somebody who they can believe can be that, not a project, that's way too early to gamble on the project. But if they see somebody who slipped up in the draft and they believe they see a guy who can start on day one. And in today's NFL, again, I I don't want to ramble too long, but in today's NFL, a pass-catching tight end, they're almost becoming more valuable than the number one wide receiver. They're such an incredible uh, security blanket for quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks. So if somebody like that, and don't ask me who, have not been able to follow college football in my uh, the past couple of seasons as much as I have in the past, but if the Jets do identify a pass-catching tight end, that might be an interesting selection as well. As far as what I believe, I believe you're looking at an offensive lineman and a cornerback or a safety. So I think if they, uh, I think we're both on the same page, and I think the Jets go corner at 23 and then lineman at 34. That's the way I'm looking at it because I think, I think one of the guys, or maybe even two, they might have their pick um, of of the big corners that will, um, you know, can be day one starters will be there at 23. I don't necessarily think they will at 34, but they will definitely be a difference making offensive lineman at 34. So I'm fairly certain the Jets go corner at 23, lineman at 34. Um, I forget where their second. Um, third round pick is um, uh, no actually that's, sec- that's second there's not a second second round pick so that, so the next pick after that would be 66 which would be third round um, and, and you know Douglas Douglas is a big believer in everything I've read and everything he said in you know using the first and second round will be where you find you guys but the draft is one like fantasy it is one when you get into the later rounds the third the fourth so I have no idea what direction the Jets go after that I think they will pick up another receiver to, to get you know, somewhere in there, I think they probably um, pick up at least at least a second lineman. I think they might look for an edge rusher. And edge rusher is the one thing neither of us mentioned that that I've seen a lot of people assuming they might take at twenty three. So if one of the big edge rushers drops, but I don't know that the Jets consider that to be as much of a need now that they've fortified the line. So with the, with the line there, maybe not an edge rusher unless unless a guy falls that that you can't pass up. So it seems like we're on the same page. I just think that they go line with the first pick of the second round instead of uh, their first pick, second pick of the second round instead of uh, instead of at twenty three. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised either direction they went. It's almost like a natural progression. You draft a franchise quarterback, and the next pick is let's continue to build protection for that franchise quarterback. Um, Robo, I did want to ask you a question. Um, this is just my ignorance, or maybe I haven't heard the news. Have you heard anything? Have you read anything about Jamison Crowder? Is he uh, is the plan? If you heard anything, is he still going to be on the roster? Is he on the bubble of be, risk of uh, being cut? One of those salary cap casualties? Because I sure as hell hope he's going to be around. 
Yeah, I I don't know what their direction is. There's has only been speculation. There's been nothing by the Jets. Uh, Crowder is owed ten. I want to say ten point five million, ten and a half million, which is not terrible for a slot guy. Um, so I think he'll be there. Uh, if they haven't cut him by now, then maybe if they draft, you know, if a receiver falls to them somewhere, or they draft a good receiver, then maybe they cut him to save calories, calorie sap, <laughs> salary cap space. But I, I think he's going to be there. And I think, you know, I like Crowder a lot. And with two receivers on the outside and Mims and Davis, who can, you know, who can actually draw attention, then Crowder could have a monster year if they, you know, get, a, if Herndon, let's, let's, let's go back to jerky Herndon. You talk about the tight end being able to catch the ball. He came on a little bit at the end of the last year. He showed flashes in his first couple of years. If Herndon can be just adequate, then you got two receivers on the outside. Crowder could go off in the slot. He can completely go off. I mean, he did well when there were no other receivers. Can you imagine if they have two viable receivers and a tight end who actually catches the ball? I am a huge fan of his. He proved his worth this last season, even though it was the stats in an empty season. But he's a tough guy. He's a perfect slot receiver. He makes the catches. He gets open. And I'm just looking at the Jets roster right now as I'm talking to you. He's the elder statesman among the wide receivers, and he's only 27, still very much in his physical prime. Proved he can get the job done. Now has real viable weapons on the outside with Mims and uh, Corey Davis. Uh, if you would have asked me without looking, I would have bet that he was 29, possibly 30. Seems like he's been around with Washington, now a couple of years with the Jets. Only 27 years old, probably entering his his peak productivity years, kind of 27, 28, 29 is what, where I can see that. So I certainly hope, especially if the quarterback we choose ends up being a legit guy, all of a sudden we got weapons around the guy. So uh, yeah, I, I personally... I fell in love with Crowder. I liked when he was signed. I fell in love with him last year. The biggest thing is he kept, to me, to my unprofessional eye, he kept competing. He kept showing up. He kept making plays in a season that was lost. So many guys could have just, I don't want to say quit on the season, but definitely take it down a notch. And to me, it looked like he was there to compete every week. He just... He was there. He showed up. He made plays. Absolutely loved it, and I hope he's going to be on the Jets roster this season. Yeah, it seems like it will be. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, you know, I I forget whether the big salary cap salary cap uh, cuts come after training camp starts and after the draft, which is probably the case. But I, I don't know that he's going anywhere. So it would be great. I'm also. You know, I'm really. Like excited to see Mims with a full training camp and a full season where he's not hurt and missing half the season like he did last year. I'm I'm anxious to see what he could do because he now you want to talk about potential. We already know what Davis can do, and if you get him out of that run first offense, maybe you know maybe he does some exciting things. But if Davis can do well and Crowder is Crowder, then what can Mims look like if he looks anything like he did last year with a quarterback who can get him the ball, other receivers, a line, all of that stuff? I mean, the Jets could actually have a very good receiving core. Overall, I don't remember the last time I just scrolled through the Jets roster, and I was just genuinely excited. The receivers look good. We do have a hell of an offensive lineman in uh, Beckton. I mean, the guy proved himself to be worthy of a guy to kind of be that centerpiece of the line. The dude um, is a tree. He, he's, he's a monster and moves so fast. <laughs> Defensive end, that's something the Jets always struggle with. But remember, we did sign Carl Lawson. So I don't know if that's going to be a Lawson, Vinnie Curry, they, they, um, they signed Rankin. So 
you know, we talked about this a little bit last week where they're stockpiling, except for Vinnie Curry, who's, who's kind of at the end of his career. He's a situational guy now, but they're stockpiling former number one picks. And one of them was this guy, Shane Rankins, or is it Sean or Shane? Rankins, whatever it is. Now, the thing with the Jets is, yes, they need a corner, and the corners were terrible last year, but the Jets have never had a pass rush in, you know, not never, but they haven't had a pass rush in 15 years, something like that, 16, yeah. probably, when did Abraham leave? After 2003 or four, right? So 16, something 17 like years. one year. It was him, and I believe, was it Hugh Douglas? Uh, Douglas or... No, 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 I mean, no, no. it was... Uh, Douglas oh was God, before it was, a, it was Abraham and Elliot, but I'm forgetting his first name. Sean. Sean Elliot. The, yeah, right, that right. was the one year that they had two guys that could get to the quarterback. You're right, but it's so far and few in between. Yeah. We never had anybody who could do it consistently. It's been years. It's And then the only way the Jets have gotten pressure on the quarterback in the past 15 years, especially since Ryan came in, was, was to blitz. And when you blitz, <laughs> you put a lot of pressure on the secondary. So if you don't have Revis out there, you know, Revis, I remember reading about this and being like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Because I've never been an X's and O's guy. When when Revis was here, he would immediately take away half the field. You get one receiver that that wasn't going to do anything because because Revis could could lock him down, and that allowed the Jets to blitz and do all these things, and they could kind of disguise some of the weaknesses in the other corners. And then when Cromartie was there at his at his prime, that's why the Jets' defense was so good. They never had a pass rush, but they had such a good secondary that they didn't necessarily need one. They could send linebackers or um, you know safeties in on blitzes. The Jets now. Uh, you know, the last couple of years haven't been able to do that. They had no pass rush. They didn't have good corners. So they send guys in on a blitz. And unless, and if the blitz gets picked up, the quarterback's standing back there with a yep. cup of coffee finding who he wants. Yep. Now, with the uh, defensive line the Jets have put together, you know, with uh, with uh, Quinnen Williams coming into his own here, he's 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 poised to be a monster. And another, these these guys that they that signed, I'm a big fan of, absolutely a big fan. Quinn, of. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's look now. He looks like the, the you know the guy that they the reason they drafted him at three. So now you flip it instead of having the great secondary with the weak line. Now you flip it. You have the line that can actually actually put pressure on the quarterback. And even if they don't get sacks, that pressure will take so much pressure off of the secondary that you may not need a top guy now if you can draft a guy and have a top guy out there then you've got a great defense again suddenly you've got a good defense the linebackers look good i mean the jets defense could be in very good shape if they can generate a pass rush with their line which is something they haven't had since the sack exchange days you know abraham didn't it was it wasn't abraham playing linebacker or was he was, was he, he was like that uh that guy that would line up in a uh instead of a three-point stance or a almost like a linebacker, and then he would explode and attack the quarterback. Yeah, he, he was never really a true edge. Right. He was an edge rusher, but he wasn't really a lineman. The exactly. way they just so, him. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time the Jets have had a true, solid defensive line that, you know, hopefully, I won't say can, but hopefully we'll be able to get to the quarterback since, you know, maybe the sack exchange. They haven't had a, a fearsome line in, in 30 years. It almost seems like the real position of need, if you're breaking it down by which position can really use a boost um it's the position that's not really talked about it's the linebacker and a lot of it also depends on cj mosley if he's planning to come back and play this season but it seems like that's the position where we're lacking that big name and that can also be a big difference so maybe that's something that just will look at in the second round if there is a linebacker they they think they can plug in right in from day one didn't they sign or trade for a linebacker? What the, um, I'm going to look this up real quick because I know they 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 the line the linebackers actually um, was a strength last year, even though Mosley wasn't there. And they I don't know who they lost. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to look this up real quick. But um, 
depth chart. Here we go. Okay. New York Jets depth chart. The first will be available during training camp. How about the how about the unofficial, you fuckers? Um, but I definitely hope to see CJ Mosley back. Yeah, well, let's hope. I mean, CJ Mosley, I don't think he's got much choice at this point is if he wants to be paid. And now last year does not count against his contract. So he's actually here for an extra year. It's not like this is the last year they can cut him and whatever else. So he's probably he's probably here now, whether or not he can play. All right. So they have Blake Cashman, John Daka. Who the hell is that? Uh, they have uh, Mosley, Delshawn Phillips. Yeah, I guess linebacker is pretty sad. Okay. Never mind, I stand corrected. They they don't have anybody. Um, Cashman's supposed to be pretty good. He's one of those guys who is like a you know like a character guy that, that Douglas has been going after. But I never heard of these other guys: Jared Davis, Noah Dawkins, Sharif Finch. Um, yeah, oh, Delshawn Phillips. There you go. There's a, there's a big name. <laughs> so yeah, all right. So so you're right. The Jets probably I could see them addressing the linebacker um, linebacker position as well. So, uh, again, being a little bit of a quiet week, not much news. Let me end off with this. Do you think at this point, from everything you're hearing, everything you're reading, is this, um, can we write it in that Zach Wilson is going to be a Jet, or do you still believe uh, there's some some decision-making going on? I feel like you jumped into my head and picked the two subjects that I was going to bring up, because that's that's the other subject I was prepared to talk about is, you know, uh, there's always smoke screens, you know, like, uh, the in 2018 the Jets were pegged for for Mayfield at three and I remember us being like no please that's no reason to take this guy at three then the week of the draft they started talking about the Browns taking him. it was like the two two or three days before suddenly the Browns might take him at one and until they called his name I didn't believe it so you just never know um, I think the Jets are locked into Zach Wilson not because um, not because I think they've necessarily said it out loud obviously but everything that that has been reported points to it now if if i if i had not heard rumors that douglas already spoke to his family and committed to them and blah 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 then i might be a little less inclined but it sounds to me like they're locked in on him with that said i am really really up in the air about whether i'd rather have wilson or fields fields you know has passed every big test, um, both like 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 intelligence test. He had a second pro day where he looked great. Um, he 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 did he checks all the boxes. So I'm really torn. I, I guess you can't go wrong with either one, but I am seriously torn about which one I would actually prefer. So to me, there is two things. Number one, if the Jets were drafting three, four, or five, then you kind of have to maybe play a little rope a dope. With them drafting at number two, and everybody knows who the number one is, there is no reason to posture. I do think they're locked in. They identified their guy as Zach Wilson, and that's the guy they're going to go with. Like you, I'm undecided between him and Fields, but for a totally different reason. Every quarterback that the Jets have drafted in my generation of being a Jets fan, going to Chet Pennington, uh, Sanchez, uh, and then Darnold, it's always been that prototypical pocket passer. And I kind of see the NFL going in where the guy, even Trevor Lawrence, the guy projected to be number one, he's being talked about as the clone of Deshaun Watson. The guy is just the, he's got a cannon of an arm. He reads defenses, but he can he can get out of the pocket and run when the play breaks down. And that's that dimension that I feel you need in today's NFL. And that's the, the dimension that Fields definitely brings. Fields also has faced much, much stiffer competition. And I'm not only talking about 
who Ohio State plays against. In those big programs, every year you play, every year you have to compete to keep your roster spot, to keep your starting spot, because every year they have top recruits coming in. So he's kind of, he's dealt with competition. He's dealt with holding on to his uh, job. Uh, I actually believe he transferred from Georgia, went to Ohio State, did phenomenal in Ohio State. The guy is a winner. And the, the big thing, the big question mark about Zach Wilson is everything is being based on one incredible year in BYU. One. And uh, that just, that scares the hell out of me. So yes, like you, and just being a Jets fan that's been bruised, beaten, and discarded, I just I expect the worst. When we Jets, when we draft the quarterback, I I'm just automatically programmed to lean towards a debacle bound to happen. But uh, yes, like you, I'm gonna say uh, Zach Wilson is the guy. All the signs point to it, and uh, just like you, I have not seen any signs that he's the it guy over Justin Fields, and it's that clear. But I have to have faith. I have to have faith in Joe Douglas. If this was the old regime, I would just already be throwing away. Uh, I would already be giving up on a season. But I do believe in Joe Douglas. So I'm going to have faith. and I'm going to be positive, kind of like you and me talked about when the coaching uh, search began, when the pre-draft workouts began. I'm going to keep positive and I'm going to believe in the division Joe Douglas has. That's funny. My father actually said to me today, I was leaving the office and he's like, let me ask you a question before you go. I said, yeah. He said, uh, you know, what do you think about what the Jets are going to do and this this Wilson kid and whatever? And I gave him the same speech I just you just gave me, which was, you know, at this point, I trust the guy. I'm going to just have to trust he makes the right decision because I don't have any choice. I, I, I don't know enough about these quarterbacks. Nobody can predict the future and decide who's going to be, which guy is going to be better and which one's going to be a franchise guy, which one's going to be a bust or, you know, or we would know. So, I said the exact same thing. So far, he's shown me no reason not to believe in it. I'm just going to have to trust in the decision. To answer your, um, your, 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 I guess it, it wasn't really a question, your statement about, about the mobility, Zach Wilson's pretty mobile too. He scored a bunch of rushing touchdowns. He knows how to create outside of the pocket. So I think you're getting a very similar quarterback. And some of the things, you know, you, you know I have been adamant about wanting a top quarterback in here. And I've given the names of the same guys over and over uh, about how I don't want just to be good anymore. I'm now I'm getting greedy. I want the top guy who's going to have us in contention every year. And I always refer to Aaron Rodgers and lately to Patrick Mahomes. Well, those are the two guys that Wilson's getting a lot of comparisons to. And of course, they always get comparisons to the best quarterbacks because God forbid, nobody would draft him if he was going to be compared to Ty Detmer, you know, but, (laughs) but the comparisons I'm hearing, not because they think he's as good, but because of his ability to create and have a strong arm and throw on the run is Rodgers and Mahomes. And, you know, there's that little that little part inside my black heart that gets excited hearing that because if, if he can create on the run and throw like those guys, then, you know, we could we could have something special, which would be great. But no matter what we do, no matter what Douglas does, no matter what anything does, they can pick the wrong guy. And if they develop him, he could turn into the right guy. They could pick the right guy, and if they don't develop him, he turns into the wrong guy. So that's what this is all about. It is not about the guy itself. That is a secondary thing to whether or not the Jets organization is going to develop the kid and and you know and turn him into a player and and adapt him to whatever system they have. Let's and put that, him in a position to succeed. Let's give him the yeah. weapons. And actually, the Jets are, seem to be taking the first step in making sure their next young quarterback succeeds. I just saw a little news update that it looks like they're going to be signing Brian Hoyer, 
as that veteran backup oh, nice. to guide uh, the young kid. I love it. I love it. You need that. You need that steady hand who's going to be almost like uh, another assistant coach. Uh, Josh McCown was absolutely phenomenal at that, and uh, I think Hoyer fits that part. So I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it may be good for the locker room, but if uh, if uh, if our quarterback goes down, we ain't winning many games, which is okay. We'll have another high draft pick next year. Um, the funny thing is, is there were a lot of rumors about, you know, trading for Garoppolo and, you know, signing Nick Mullins and all of these 49ers connections. And I think, you know, I am very impressed with the fact that Douglas is not going after people he knows. He, You know, we, we, were, we were horrified and scared that he's going to go after Doug Peterson and then... Um, you know, and now this, and, you know, so Douglas is thinking his own way. He's not necessarily relying on, on the devil he knows. And, and I'm very impressed by that because anytime you see a coach or a GM go somewhere, they drag the guys they know, even, even guys we like, like Parcells, everywhere he went, he dragged the same guys with him. Everywhere, Absolutely. coaches, players, everything. This guy's not. And, and I'm kind of impressed by the individuality there. I like it. And absolutely with you. And uh, I have to give uh, props to the new head coach. When you are a first time head coach, you want that kind of, I don't want to say a security blanket, but a little bit of the familiar faces around you guys. You've been to the trenches with guys you trust. So it would have been easy for him to push and politic Joe Douglas, but it seems like he came in. I believe it was already discussed during the interview process that they shared the vision and it wasn't going to be let's bring the familiar faces. They were on the same page with which way they were going to go as far as drafting, as far as signing free agents. And again, it wasn't about let's sign what we know. It seems like they were they identified how they're going to approach it, and it's about coaching and developing, and uh, just building building a culture of winning. And they be, it seems like they believe and they trust in the vision they have, and it doesn't necessarily involve bringing faces that you're familiar with. Yep, I uh, I'm I'm all over that, and and all these little things that Douglas is doing just inspires more confidence in my in my belief in him because i'm yeah you had all these concerns when he gets hired because it's the jets and you never know what's going to happen and then he does all these little things and you're not sure and then as time goes on it's like it's like a friendship or a relationship as as little blocks are built in the wall you start to have trust and he's done a lot of little things that I'm, i would not have even thought about you know i would not have thought about hey which coach is he gonna is he gonna get will he sign the guy he knows or not sign the guy he knows. And, and, and this situation is another one where I never would have thought about it. It wouldn't be a criteria, but the fact that he, that he did it that way is noticeable. And, and it's, and it kind of, you know, kind of grabbed my attention. So I, I really like the guy a lot. He, there's a lot of people you'll see on Facebook say that he hasn't done this and then nitpick at the free agents he signed last year and this didn't work and that didn't work. But, um, you know, the, we've already established very well that most fans don't pay any attention to the reality. They just look at their emotions. And, you know, if you look at this from the building, building from the ground up aspect, he's, he's done a phenomenal job as far as I can tell. I'm with you. Uh, I don't want to overstate it and say that I'm excited, but uh, nothing that he's done has made me scratch my head, break a TV remote, throw, <laughs> throw a pillow against the wall. Everything has brought a smile to my face because, again, it's young guys. It's like you said, it's high draft picks, seems to value character guys, and most importantly, seems to have a vision, seems to share the vision with the new head coach. And I like and I trust the direction he's going with, so I'm going to sit back and watch, but a lot of positive signs. So I'm going to be excited, and I'm going to enjoy the ride and see where this goes. 
Yeah, man. Well, uh, that should wrap it up for this week. I don't think we have much left, but uh, I love the fact that we're back on track. And even if we just jump on and, and shoot the shit over nothing and just talk, look, we turned this into what? 20, a half hour just by, you know, almost a half hour just, just getting on here, not really having a, a plan and, and talking shit. This is what it's all about, my brother. That's it. I'll see you next right. Monday. See you next week. Have a good one. Later.